Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at LifeMD.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. Probably the easiest thing I've ever done. The medication comes in the mail and it's very easy to use. I've been able to live my normal lifestyle and I've lost 20 pounds already and I've never felt better. It changed my life. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Get access to actionable news and market research with all the information you need to invest smarter and profit faster. Start your free trial today at pro.benzinga.com. Coming to you live from downtown Detroit, this is Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep. All right, good morning, good morning, good morning, everyone. Let's bring on Joel, let's bring on Dennis, both of whom had the sports weekends of their lives this weekend. Good morning, Joel. Good morning, Dennis. What's up? Is that, a, is that an accurate assessment of your weekend? Oh, uh, why did uh, David, did David McConnor do something or no. what well, happened? I, I figured Michigan Oilers won. Bad. The Lions won. I figured it was a great weekend for you both. No, uh, uh, well, I got to go. Well, first of all, on Saturday, you talk about having fun. Went to the basketball game in the afternoon with Dana and Lisa, and they looked great. And then, uh, we we kicked the tar out of the Hawkeyes and going to uh, the semifinal. I could be. I'm. I, I've texted that. You know, he t- he texts me congratulations, and I'm like, I'm retiring from stressful stuff. <laughs> I'm done with the. I'm done with like Michigan. They beat Ohio State. Boom. I'm happy. I can move on. The markets are stressful. I'm done. For, I'm done with stressful things. Okay. I'm happy. And then the Lions. I was cheering. I told you, Dennis. You don't know you nothing about win. football. You knew I told they were going to win. I told they they just got they lost seven in a row after I tweeted that they were going to go, but uh, they finally did win. So it was never in doubt. We knew that they were going to win that game. <laughs> never even you know after that. After the first half, you knew they were in charge, and there was no doubt they were going to win it. Everybody just knew they were going to win. <laughs> they, they, there is a markets lesson here with the Detroit Lions, because if you were like Joel. That were like, yeah, they're not going to lose every game. Of course they're going to win a game. This is so obvious. Well, Joel was right, dot, 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 eventually. But Joel took a lot of pain. It started to get scary. Right, right, right. It's starting to get scary. Um, So so there's a lesson here in terms of timing the market. and time Because you could be right. Yeah, find a dip, right? Yeah, there's not a lot of difference between being being wrong and being early, right? Because you're both wrong. You just, you know. Yeah. So anyway, uh, Joe, why don't you bring up your chart? Markets, yeah, markets. markets. Tell us how I th- I would have thought things would be a little more uh, fireworksy this morning. Oh, it's, it's still early. Uh, it's early. We uh, we're up eleven and a quarter. We had some nice fluff on the close, and then we went to seventy one seventy five overnight. Nothing up there. Uh, the pre market low is not in a bad area. It's uh, you know just below the close. So that's a big area. Forty five thirty one fifty on the downside. Will they just press it to forty five hundred again? Uh, Looked at the. T- I did do my write up on Friday. I was like, man, I just gotta, I just gotta take a day and and look at the markets and see, you know, just get all the noise because we were only down like sixty handles last week. I mean, it seems like oh, the market got crushed and you know the whole world's falling. Some stocks did get crushed, but I looked at it objectively. Potential double bottom from last week, right? Forty four ninety two. 4,600, we snuck over on Friday and then, you know, got crushed. So I'm just, I'm just going to calm, cool, and collected. 
My bogey on the downside, danger zone, below last week's low, folks. Look out. And if you don't think a chart like that means anything when you got air, I mean, you could just look at like DocuSign. You can look at these other stocks. When there's air underneath a stock, right? And it goes quickly up through an area, come quickly down through a year, DocuSign, Asana. I mean, I'm not saying that's going to happen, but I just think you should be aware on your charts when you're looking at kind of these these things. You had a, a f- eight-day rip here that was unbelievable. Let's move on from the spoos. Uh, crude's up a buck 91, 68.17. Gold down 415, 17.80. Silver in the red by 14 cents. I'll come back to Bitcoin. It's getting walloped. It's down forty nine hundred bucks at forty eight five, and then Ethereum's down one hundred and thirty four at four thousand eighty. Triple D. This is why you're so good at technical analysis. You barely use it. You looked at <laughs> you looked at this yeah, Bitcoin yeah. chart. Was it Thursday or Friday? It was one of those Wednesday, days. I think Wednesday. Wednesday or Thursday it was like yeah. fifty four thousand, and it looked like hell. And I'm like, everything is falling apart in growth and in, you know, these hope trades and, you know, high valuation stuff, which Bitcoin doesn't even have a valuation. And then you have a chart that looks like that. I mean, the setup for being short Bitcoin was just incredible. I couldn't help myself. I had to sell my Bitcoin looking at that chart. So I did. Um, I think I sold it Friday, Thursday. I'm getting days confused. So maybe this was was Friday morning. And then I was like, I got to sell it. That chart just looks too terrible. I sold around like fifty three or fifty four thousand. Then the implosion over the weekend did bounce back. I think you got to sell that bounce, man. Um, you know, you went down to forty thousand, and a lot of times what you see is it went down to and you get the dead cap bounce. Eventually, there's going to be a retest of that. So I think eventually we retest that forty thousand on Bitcoin. I don't want to be long anything besides value stocks right now. The cash hit forty. A forty. Forty one, maybe. How okay, long we get I... Spencer? Yeah, that's a good question because I also would just keep on it. Saturday morning. I think we got forty or forty-one. Oh, it cool. it oh, went cool. down Probably. like ten thousand bucks in like twenty minutes. It crashed like flash crash style. Well, you, um, when you you texted me, I was hopping in the pool and I saw it was 41, down like five or six. Check wow. to help us out. Bitcoin at what forty-one thousand Saturday morning, Friday night, is, Saturday morning. The problem is every every exchange will show like different things. I know. <laughs> But but the uh, I like for example, uh, coin market cap shows a low of forty five. Yeah, no, it was a lot lower than that. Forty two. So, some people are saying in the chat. James is saying in the chat forty two. Forty two thirty. All right. If that's what, if that's what you saw. Yeah, it's obviously different on different exchanges. That's why it's you know the efficiency is just not as efficient as you think it is. Yeah. But you know, twenty four hour markets to make it. It hit 41. Akchas is 41. James is 42. So right. we could say 41, 42. 42. We'll safely say it hit 42. So we got a bounce is, is the takeaway here. <laughs> it's a bounce. It's a bounce to sold. Where is it? 49? For, uh, yeah, 48. Yeah, it's a bounce to be sold in my opinion. Okay. Well, yeah, I saw, you, I saw your tweet about that. Yeah, you you saw it's in Bitcoin. Uh, uh, well, but I sold again good. on Friday when it was 53. It was a good sell. The the question now is do I yeah do I, do I not get you, back in in time? How do you buy it back? But that's not a question for today. It's um, just this market, and it, this is you know it wasn't even so much that the Bitcoin chart is terrible. It's that anything that is not value is getting hammered right now. I mean, value stocks are holding up very well. We know that you even see Apple up this morning, which is considered value tech. I don't know why, uh, because it's not that cheap. But value stocks have been holding up fairly well. I mean, there's a clear trade into defensive stocks, too. I mean, Procter & Gamble, Joel, on Friday, hit a new all-time high. Procter & Gamble, PG, quietly hits an all-time high at 150. So, I mean, you can see the market that we're in is this market is playing defense. It's like flying out of high-growth names and moving into cash now. And that's the inflation trade playing there, too. Because, again, you know, we'll just say to the new listeners, um, because I say this a lot, but those future earnings are worth less in an inflationary environment. So if you're banking on a high-growth stock because they're going to make so much money in the future, well, this amount of money you think they're going to make in the future is now worth less in an inflationary environment because those future dollars are worth less. Dollars now are worth more than dollars tomorrow in an inflationary environment. 
And that's what we're in right now. So until we get the inflation in check, I don't know if money managers are just flocking into all this stuff. And the problem is, is that all these trades are so crowded because we've had 10 years where growth has outperformed value and everybody has been paid to buy the dip in every growth name the whole way. And that's not happening in the last month. They keep getting hammered. ARC is down every single day, rightfully punished so, because she's on the exact wrong side of the trade, which is what we've said. So does this just turn around on a dime? I think you can see a dead cap bounce in some of this stuff, but I would be a seller of those bounces. So again, just like even on Friday or Thursday morning, we saw a little bounce in ARC where it bounced 2 3%. And where was this? Uh, yeah. Um, Thursday, maybe it was. It bounced from like 98, 97 to like $100 in a matter of an hour and a half. It's like, that was a nice bounce. And then it just resumes its downtrend because there's so many people caught long, all of these growth names, there's so many people that want out of that trade. They're using any strength to get out. And that's why it's difficult for these stocks to just come back. So you can say, oh yeah, maybe ARK's going to be $150 stock again or, or ETF. And it might be. Maybe all these growth stocks come back. Maybe one day they will. But if we are in say, December of 2000, where the tech bubble has burst, you know, and it burst around the same time. It's it's uncanny how, you know, yeah, how, how close it wow. is. If we take the 2000 December and look at the, the tech bubble, you know, and say it obviously popped. We didn't know it at the time, but it popped in March of 2000. In the summer of 2000, we almost made new highs again on the queues. We actually really got hammered yeah, in the April, that. May, the yeah. June, and then we had this summer rally, and everybody thought, oh, here we go again. And then September, it took till September, October, before we really started to get hammered again. So it wasn't like, boom, we crashed. It went like this, and then it came, and it stayed, and it hung out for like six months. And then we started just this cascade, and we cascaded for the next year and a half, death by a thousand cuts. And that's when the NASDAQ fell 81%, and that's when Amazon fell 95%. Yes, Amazon would turn out to be a good buy. But there was a lot of other ones fell 95% that ended up actually falling 100%. So the question is, if we are following that playbook, now we're getting into the cascading part of it, where it's death by a thousand cuts. And they just knock you down a couple percent every day, a couple percent every day. And you look back and you're like, oh my gosh, ARC lost 25% last month. When did that happen? A couple percent a day, a couple percent a day. So don't expect like a whoosh, a crash. It's just slow bleed, slow bleed as money slowly comes out of growth names and slowly goes into value names. And value outperformed growth for the next seven years after the tech bubble burst. Are we going to go into that? I don't know. But I think you're too early to just come in here and say, I want to buy the growth names. I think there's too much risk here. There will be a bounce, and you may get lucky and catch that bounce, and anything's tradable. But as a longer-term investor, I think you got to wait until at least we stop going down. Can can I offer a, a, a hypothesis here? Uh, the Please. last last two weeks were were pretty tough. Um, what do we have next week? Trivia question. Does anyone know what what next week is? Oh. I'll tell you. Oh. It's the last Fed meeting of the year. Oh, All right. I was on mute because I was drinking water, and Dennis gets mad at me when I drink on the air. I was going to stay. Let's take that. All right. There. All right. So, he so slurps. My my, <laughs> my my hypothesis is this, right? Uh, last two weeks were pretty tough. This week may well be more of the same. If we can get some clarity next week, next next Wednesday specifically, um, with regards to not just the taper, right? Because we know that they, they're probably going to speed that up a little bit, but a, a rate hike, right? How many, when, timeline for that? Um, if that unknown becomes a known, because right now it's really just speculation, um, then maybe the market figures, okay, like prices that in, like figures it out, all right, understands how we feel, and that, that eases some of the uncertainty, and, and we, can, we can proceed. We can all move on with our lives, basically. The market can, can sort of move on uh, as opposed to what it's doing now, which is trying to speculate. Um, is the is the money printer going to get turned off? If so, when? How dramatic of a turn off will it be? Um, maybe maybe next week can mark as sort of a, a a turning point, just in terms of clarity. Just an idea. I don't know if, if he backpedals because well, this well, this not, all starts. Not what I'm saying. I'm saying what no, he... but that would be the how right. we would see a turnaround and all this stuff. He all would right. need to backpedal. And say, well, maybe, you know, with Omicron and everything, maybe we shouldn't worry as much about inflation. 
But is this this is not. Don't kid yourself, people. This has absolutely this sell-off has absolutely yeah, yeah. zero zero to do with the new variant Omicron. It has zero to do with it. It has one hundred percent to do with what Fed chairman said a week and a half ago or a week ago when he dropped the word transitory. And that is why we've been selling off because everybody's like, oh shit, he's cutting off, <gasps> he's taking the punch bowl away. He's taking the punch bowl away. He has actually physically said that we might need to hurry up the tapering. We might need to hurry yeah. up the interest rates. Yeah. I mean, this is not what the market wanted to hear. And that is why we've been selling off. And you have money managers that are like, we are not positioned for all of a sudden the punch bowl to not be here. And we, we have, need um, to, we need to start selling some of these growth names fast. We, and that's we have um, a chatter of the day. And that's going to be, that's going to be tops key. You know what else we're coming into? Not this week, yeah. but next week. I'm What's next to, week? I'm trying to find the Topski's comment, and I can't. Yeah. <laughs> He's very – and you know what? And this is going to be Read a off, Joel. quad witching. And, I mean, that sets up for a lot more volatility. So the one thing we can promise you on this is that this volatility <laughs> is not just going away anytime soon. And that's a good thing for traders. You know, yep. you have to embrace volatility. Um, you know, as as traders, and that's the kind of strategy we try to teach in our educational stuff is, you know, we're looking at statter, we're looking at different things. Somebody says, you know, I was saying, I like, you know, somebody, I, I said I had one of my best weeks, if not the best week, I believe it was, of the year for me last week. I think it was my best week of the year. It was close. There was a week, I, I checked back to the sheets. It was a week back in February, I think, or, or it was probably when the growth was getting hammered too, uh, where I had a really good week too. But it was very close to being one of my best weeks, despite me being sick all week. So if I wasn't sick and I actually could trade a little bit more than I was, I was in bed for a lot of it. Um, it would have been one of my, it would have been my best week of the year. And you didn't trade how on is Monday. That but people, you know, how is that possible? Well, it's possible because I don't make money because the market goes up. I don't make money because the market goes down. I make money because the market becomes inefficient. I make money from from relationships and understanding relationships. I got up this morning, and what was I doing this morning? I was selling the hell out of all the growth tech names. I, that's what I was doing. I was actually positioned. I had a few tech longs, and I'm like, I can't have any of those. I was up at 4 a.m., and all I was doing was hammering bids in tech because I'm like, they were all bid up. They're all Everything, up. I know. They were all up. NVIDIA was at 310. You know, there was Amazon. I sold my Amazon at 3407 or so. It was up 20 bucks. And, then it, and they've come back a little bit, some of these from the lows. But the point is, you just got to have, you know, you, you got to be in that zone. You got to have the feel, but you've got to take advantage of the relationships. And you could see, you could see it, you know, that there's there's tech stocks rolling over here. And when you start seeing some tech stocks roll over, it's predictable that the other ones are going to roll over too. Those are strategies. Those are edges. You know, you keep the leaders on your screen. They start losing. They start going down. Then it drags down the other ones with them. There's And they, and they don't all go, you know, middle of the day, they all goes at the same time. But at the open pre-market, after hours, at the close, it's all a little more inefficient, especially at the open too. So you got to take advantage of those pricing inefficiencies. I, I guess my, my hypothesis was, you know, we we, we hinted at, uh, not hinted, we he said a taper and probable rate hike. If we can just get more clarity, if the, if the market gets a little bit more time to adjust to that idea, and maybe that's all we need is time. Once the market, once people reposition themselves or money managers, whatever, um, then 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 things are okay again, right? It's sort of my my point, right? It's like just because a rate hike is on the table or two hikes are on the table and the taper is on the table, it's gonna it's gonna happen faster than we thought. Um, just because that happens doesn't necessarily mean we have to see what we've seen in the last couple of weeks. It just the market maybe just needs some time to get used to the idea. Was, but, was, but, but here's counterpoint, Spencer. The last 10-year bull market has happened because we've had a punch bull. The last 10-year bull market has happened because of the Fed. The whole, day, the whole bull market started like back. When did they start, you know, with quantitative easing, Joel? Go back oh, to that QE, was even like 2009, 2010, yeah. after yeah. the financial Helicopter crisis. Helicopter Ben, yeah. They never stopped. So for 10 years, the printing press has just been spitting out money, and that money has just found its way into stocks. If they are going to slow down or potentially stop the printing press, this is not something that the market has seen in the last 10 years. 
So I think well, it's prudent to be careful here. I think if you're just throwing risk out, risk management out the window, and you're just blindly buying stocks here, you're not reading the tea leaves. And maybe I'm wrong. Maybe we're just going to go back what Spencer Israel is saying. Maybe the market will just adjust. There's no other place to be. There's still the Tina trade, which is Spencer Israel. That would be your, you know, side of 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 you know. Of if, if to be right here is there is no other alternative. I can't go to bonds. I just send bonds at one point five percent lose to inflation. So this is why I haven't sold all my stocks. This oh. is why I still own stocks. It's the only reason. Hold but on. the kind of stocks that I own are not anything growthy. They're all value. And I, you know I, what? I, value I, stocks. I've got a chart well up on right the now. screen. I've got the Fed funds rate on the screen. Sure. It has. It did come off the floor. The Fed did try slowly, very slowly, to unwind its balance sheet, and they did an okay job. They they were they were making progress, right? They were raising rates, they were unwinding their balance sheet, and, and until the pandemic hit, and it sort of changed all that, right? But like, we've been here before, though, 2015, when the Fed said, "Yeah, we're, we're raising rates. Everyone, get ready because we're doing it," and then they did it. Yeah, but for and, how long? What do we rate? One person well, total. Yeah, yeah. So okay, so it, it went to two, you know, two percent, a little over two percent, right? We've it been didn't here before. Crazy, though. What? It didn't go crazy. I mean, we're not back in the nineties. I mean, we we have inflation. You can laugh at that. It, it would have stop. You can, but, but you can laugh at that, Spencer. But we have inflation like early nineties. We have interest rates that are a fraction of where we were back then. What does that mean? I don't know if anybody knows what it means. It just means that you're losing big time to inflation. I don't know how you, I don't know how, the, I honestly don't know how the Fed gets in, inflation in check without jacking rates up to five, 6%, and then everybody, everything comes crumbling down. So I don't think they can. I don't think the, the Fed can thing, raise rates yeah. enough to even slow inflation down. Yeah. And I think they're out of bullets. And I think I don't know what the repercussions of all this are because this all worked. This, you know, printing press has worked up to this point in time because we've never had an inflation issue. Well, at least, you know, not an obvious one. You know, we know inflation's always run hotter than the bullshit numbers that they feed us in the CPI. Hmm. But it isn't running like this. Like, you know, talking to another contractor last week and he was getting a quote on something. I, I forget. It was, well, I, I talked about the drywall, but uh, on something else again. And he said, they quoted me $5 and then I called back the next week and now it's $6 a foot. I mean, it, it, it like prices of stuff. People are just jacking prices because they can right now, not even that they have to. It's like an excuse. Oh, COVID. So we're just jacking prices. So that's where the problems lie is that demand yes, is so yes, bloody strong. Yes. The Fed is not going to be able to fix inflation because it's not a demand problem. It's a supply problem. We all know this. If the supply problems get worked out, inflation will, should go down but we don't that's a big if so well and it, and it will i mean we're running so hot right now it's going to come in a bet it's going to come in a bet but are we coming back down to one percent or two percent a year i i don't think so i think wage inflation i think there's everything going on here all right so, so it, all right. It, it's it's a problem all i'm saying is there's some major problems here so i think it's prudent to sit on some cash or to at least and i don't know cash is bad too so I don't even know where you sit. It's a really tough market right now because you sit in cash and you're losing for sure. So I'm not even I'm not even sure where to go right now. Normally I would go to cash because I'm like, oh, you know, one two percent a year you lose to inflation is a big deal. But if it's six, seven, eight percent a year, it is a big deal all of a sudden. So I, this is a different animal. We haven't seen this. We haven't seen this low interest rate environment with this much inflation ever. In terms of where you hide, you guys talked about you know value earlier. Uh, maybe maybe started, but like you can tacos. Look, you can look at Home Depot tacos. or Lowe's or, or tacos. That's a great. Let's hide in tacos. Joel, Joel. Okay, I, take I, us away from this conversation. I, I, I actually, because uh, if you if you recall, everyone, um, Jason Rasnick was very long. Um, Is he still taco. long? He was very long Del Taco. Um, so uh, last year. Or maybe in the earlier this year, I don't remember when. So as soon as I found out, um, I saw I saw the deal. The headline this morning was that Del Taco is getting acquired, right? T A C O is your ticker. They're getting acquired by Jack in the Box for twelve fifty one a share. So I I reached out to Jason. I said, Jason, are you still long? And I actually got a video response from Jason this morning. Oh, nice. And 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 this is that. Fuck Del Taco! 
That was Jason celebrating this morning. No, in, in truth be told, he does. He's told me he owns a little bit, just a little bit. He sold most of it. But um, anyway, TAC. Nice that he owns a little bit. That was a great call by him. I actually was. I was actually in this trade with him. Um, this was a reopening trade, I believe. Yeah, it was. For. It was. Um, going back to like we, I think me, I, I, like I bought it at the same time. Jace, Jace came on the show and he pitched it, and I was like, I like that too, and I bought it too. I can't remember. I feel like we bought it like six bucks. Didn't we buy it like six? Joel, did you buy it too? I did not buy it. I did not buy it. I'm not, I don't like tacos. It was a good one though. But and I, I like eventually sold around nine. I think I, I made, like... I made some good money on that one. That was a Jason Rasnick pick and I made some good money on that one. I moved on after, you know, me, I'm always out too soon anyways. And obviously went to 12 and now it's 1250. So congrats Jason for still holding a piece. I didn't hold any, but uh, it was a great call by you on our show. But one year ago on our show, yep. Jason yep. Rasnick. Yep. Yeah, uh, twelve fifty one's the takeout price. Just opened at uh, twelve thirty seven. Uh, how big of a deal is this for Jack in the Box? I don't see that reopening. Is this uh, is this uh, going to be? You know, they're going to hit the old acquire on this one, or is this a fairly well, cash, small? Remember, dip? okay, right? Nice educational, yep. nice educational spot. Next minute, so cash deals they do not bother with the acquire because you know the risk. You know, my herbs coming in there. There's no herbs, so it's all herbs. Got to understand when you do a deal. Now, all of a sudden, it's just all that matters is that price, that ratio. So if they don't jack the the company getting bought up right to the price and then cash, that doesn't apply. But sometimes they say, oh, it was a, 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 it was a stock deal. And the stock opens at 11.50 and it was 12.50. Okay, well, right. to make up the difference, they hit the acquirer. So how do I know that? Because I do that. I mean, this is what, you know, our whole firm does risk arbitrage. So that's what happens. So cash deals they typically don't hit the acquirer nearly as much because you don't have the risk arbitrage effect. There's no, there's no trade to short jack and go long taco. It's just long taco is 1235, 1251, time value money. That's it. So that's why you don't you won't see jack get hit. So only on stock deals or stock and cash deals will the acquirer potentially get well, hit. So is the street the just going to love it and just think this is the greatest deal? Well, and that's the quad, so you're the not quad bottom. Effect. Quad bottom there? No, I know. You're, I'm just yeah. looking at the quad yeah. bottom at 81, big buyer at 81. Can they protect that level? Get it over 85? And then it's got some – because it's had a big, big runoff. Great monthly support at 80, 81. So – I mean, the other reason, we'll see. We'll see if that quad bottom holds. This could be a night. If they like the deal, let's see if they jack jack in the box. I, I, I don't see any trades in it right now. I don't. Yeah, it's it's trading odd lots there. I don't think there's going to be a big move here just because of this deal. But you never know. You're right, Joel. Somebody says, oh, I think they overpaid. They might hit too. So yep. it's going to trade freely, though. There's no risk arbs in there. We never talk about Mickey D's, right? I mean, that stock, it's had a, had a nice run, had a pullback to yeah. support. Yeah, some things are holding up. McDonald's, Home Depot, Lowe's. There are some areas. value. They're not. It's a drive through indicator, man. What? I'm telling you, these drive throughs are just packed. People can't wait long enough to get cold food. I What's mean. It? It, <laughs> it's not cold when you get it. Yeah. What do you, you eat it in the car? I mean, I don't know. I mean, it, they're there. You can't. You can't argue with it. Uh, just for you, Mickey D traders, you've had about an eighteen-point break, right? Uh, no, not even that. Fourteen-seven. Let's see what happens in this two fifty-one, two fifty-two area. See if it uh, can clear that that fifty percent and go back and test the all-time high. And what what else is there? QSR. I mean, th- these aren't going to move off this deal, right? Because no, no, no. I mean, no, no you, movement. Even the jack isn't going to move off this deal. So we can't look at okay. sympathy on this. But what we can look at is it's a great point. You just made McDonald's, Home Depot. What are these? These are value stocks. I mean, these are holding up well because this is value. This is where money goes to hide. It's moving from growth to value. The question is, if growth really starts to get ugly, then we know we have a playbook for that too. What do they do? They start selling everything because they start selling, you know, basically what Kathy's doing, she's selling her Tesla to finance or other losers. You will see money managers that need to finance their losers by selling their winners. So if the growth continues to get ugly they will eventually start to sell everything there will be no hiding place so just be careful if you're just piling into mcdonald's and piling into home depot and piling into procter and gamble at all time highs because if we really start to get ugly those stocks start to go down too they do 
they start to sell everything. Now, I don't know if that's the case, but all I know is the S&Ps are 4% off the all-time highs. This is not even a significant pullback yet. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. nothing. So am I coming here and buying stocks and buying value and going all here? Nah, it's way too early to tell. You know, maybe once we start to stabilize, but we need to start stabilizing and growth or the S&Ps are going to start to leak too because they will start selling everything if this continues to get as ugly as it, it has been. I'll tell you right now, if we if we hold the lows from last week, the first couple days here, I mean, uh, we do have, uh, and I'm so glad Topsky uh, got the rollover coming. And when you get that rollover, you get, Kind of the action that you saw last week is they, you know, they roll the uh, the SEP over for the, yeah, they no, the D, oh, wow, getting in next year. You know, if you're long the Ds, you got to sell the Ds and buy the March and then vice versa. And it just, the volume starts to move over. It creates these air pockets, you know, which you saw definitely, you saw last week. But, I mean, everything that we're saying the market, I'm just from the S&P perspective, I don't know what your stocks look like, but you really have a, as clear a line in the sand for support as as you can get. And those are the two lows from last week. That was one hell of a rally off in the last 10 minutes of the session yesterday, Dennis. I mean, Up I Friday, see, it was wicked rally. That was unbelievable. It was like, okay, we're going to close the lows, close the lows, close the lows. And they turned around. And I was... I was going to say, wow, are they just going to take 15, 20 points out of the spoos right away? You know, because it was juice, you know, and it was extra. And no, instead, they took it up 40. Jacked it up another 10. I know. I know. And what about the open on Friday, Dennis? I mean, how many people got caught hook, line, and sinker on that open? Because you popped, you got above the pre-market high. Well, I think it's going to happen again today. I think so, too. I think this is setting up the same way. You know, you have all this air. We literally were, you know, we rallied 40 handles, like you said, basically in the last 15 minutes of trading on Friday. And now we've tacked on a little bit more because, oh, Omicron is not looking as dangerous. But this is not, again, people piling into reopening. You can clearly see that trade here this morning. Um, but Omicron <sighs> is not the problem here. And the, there's money managers that believe that's the problem because, and this is how you make money, by understanding what is the real problem. The real problem is the Fed punch pull is suddenly looking like it's going to be gone. And that is the problem. And so there's people piling in this morning saying, oh, it looks pretty good over the weekend. You know, the, the stats are saying maybe it's not as deadly. You know, nobody's not, not as many people dying from it. That's good news. It's good news for the world. I, I love that news. But is it good news for the markets? No, I don't think it's the issue. So I think this, this is another opportunity to sell. I would be seller, a seller of this rally here this morning. All right, Chad's asking, like, what are some good value ETFs? You really got to look under the hood. Don't just buy, don't just Google value ETFs. You say, oh, IVE, the, the iShares S&P value ETF. Uh, don't, and just because it's got value in the name does not necessarily mean it is Great like point. a true value ETF. You really got to look under the hood and see what do these things own? Yeah. Are they, do they own? And, and it's, it's not their fault. It's not their fault if they've got like some higher growthy things in there, because these are these things are all pegged to an index, right? So if if things go higher, that then you know stocks go higher, <laughs> you know it, it sort of takes the value out of out of there, and that's that's sort of the point here. So if you're going to look for if you're looking for value ETF, great, um, you know, Google value ETFs. You can go to tools. Uh, you know, uh, like um, uh, ETF DB is a good one, and you can just look. But like, you got to look under the hood, though, because a lot of these things, even if True. they say value, there's probably some higher growth in there too, right? And IVE actually is a pretty good value one, though. So I, I mean, I don't, maybe it was yeah. a bad example, but um, right. it, yeah. it's actually got Berkshire Hathaway looking at the top holdings right now: J.P. Morgan, Bank of America, Pfizer, Disney, Exxon Mobil, yeah, J and J, Cisco. This sounds like a PE of like twenty. Yeah. So, you know, or less. Yeah. So this is kind of fun that is holding up a while here right now. Again, I am not, you know, I, we don't make recommendations on the show. Just saying what I'm doing is I'm not buying value right now. I'm position yeah. value because that's what I've been positioned yep. forever for and underperformed the market years. for a long time because of it in the long-term account. Which um, is fine. Which, which is, is fine. fine because I can sleep at night, you know, and I don't lose 80%. Like my, my long-term retirement account, I think it's off 1% or 2% from the all-time high. I'm not joking. Oh, wow. So, like, that's not even my trading account. My trading account is exploding right now because I'm trading and I'm good at trading these kind of markets. 
but the long-term retirement account is like near the highs. And that's because I'm in all the, I'm in all that value stuff, but I don't think I'm adding to it here. I, 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 I'm kind of scared that it might start cratering too. So that's why I'm like, I was talking to my wife. I'm like, our account is almost at all time highs here. And a lot of stuff under the hood is really getting hammered. I almost feel like going to the sidelines to cash for a month here and then reallocating it all, you know, but obviously I have gains and I too hard, start, too hard. Yeah. You well, know. you know, I'm up so much in some of these stocks, you know, just start one realizing all these gains they've had for years, but it, it's not like this is the kind of market where I want to come and now I want to buy value. Value has helped in the last month because it hasn't been getting hit. And some of these stocks like Procter & Gamble have actually made you all-time highs. But again, if they really start to hammer stocks, if they They'll really hammer, hammer everything. growth, yep. they do. They eventually start to hammer everything. So don't think just hiding in value right now is going to keep all your cash safe. And this is when and if they'll start hammering things, if we take out last week's luck. That's yeah. it. So you, you, I don't think we're it. out of the woods. I I, I don't know. I'm, 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 I didn't turn around and sell everything either. It's a really hard market to call here. Really hard. You know what? The, you know what? Also, the market's so good at doing. Like we're we're like, oh, you know, uh, you know, we're gonna crack this off forty four ninety and and go down to forty three twenty or oh, and some people are just so convinced we're gonna bust above forty six hundred and go right back to all time high. These guys don't know what they're talking about. What the market loves to do is look to the right and just grind you, grind you a little bit. I know we've had a lot of volatility, so it's hard to say we're gonna calm down. But look at that. You're working on an inside, inside day right now, right? What if you get a couple inside days, you know, heading into the end of the week? Then you're going to get the fireworks. But right. uh, this area on the downside, I mean, I'm giving you two good levels. I'm actually dating it this time. Did it over the weekend. I'm marking 12.6 is the trading date. So we know we, 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 have, we have the time, orientation, and we have the price. Where's Mr. Quas? Is he, uh, hiding, he, on, he, is he hiding under his desk he, or he what? Is, I'm waiting for an opening to bring him in. Uh, I know. We talk too much. You guys are, are rolling here. We, got, we all get paid by the word. Tim. We love Tim. Let's Come on, Tim. Tim Quas, founder, CEO, Market Structure Edge. Tim, what's up? When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Good Monday morning to you guys. Uh, I don't even know what an inside day is. You're going to have to explain that to me. Well, it's like during the pandemic, you don't leave your house the whole day. It's called an inside day. It's an inside day. It's an inside day. You don't go anywhere. Hey, I went to downtown last week. I'm going again this week. So I'm breaking out. Inside day, easy. We'll teach everybody this. You trade within the previous day's range. You don't see the previous day's low, and you don't see the previous day's high. And that, what you like to good? see is a couple inside days. And then oh. people are like, oh. And then once you – the theory, in theory, call an inside day, two inside days, you go with the momentum, right, oh, to the upside. And then okay. it gives you – and the other thing that's nice about those trades, if you do have those inside days and you follow the upward momentum – you don't have to wait forever in the day to find out you're wrong, right? Because if it breaks out of it and then comes back below it, you're like, ah, we're oh. still staying in this range. So is that a good explanation for you? It is. It, uh, it, but it reminds me of a Shakespeare line. which Me too. I mean, wouldn't it? Right? Yeah. <clears throat> long so, to be or not to be. The, that is the question. From, from the widely read Coriola, uh, Coriolanus, <clears throat> the, the the, My one of the, the last two tragedies that Shakespeare wrote, he said, uh, a very little thief of occasion will rob one of a great deal of patience and maybe money. 
So uh, you don't you have to be very, very cautious about those thieves of occasion. Like, ooh, it's right there in front of you. Uh, that's I, not I, what I, the I'm left everybody speechless. That, that, no, that's, that's not what the footnote version said. It was very books. poor in English class. I, I the Shakespeare books that we were supposed to read a lot of times I didn't read them. I'll tell you cliff right notes. Now. Cliff notes. <laughs> <laughs> Joel never read any of them either. I, I also well, have... well, so I had the I had the great fortune to go to a tiny little rural school with about a hundred people in it. And, uh, and so if you were an overachiever, which of course I was, uh, <laughs> then you would, uh, then the, the superintendent would, uh, would put together a Shakespeare class and teach you Shakespeare. So I learned Shakespeare when I was 18 and, uh, and it was, it was huge for me because none of it made any sense until I understood it. <clears throat> and, uh, Still make any sense and, and, uh, it's, and, and it's like, the, it's like, it's like market structure, Dennis, <clears throat> none of it makes any sense until you understand it. So you get the building blocks. All right, Tim, tell us what the, the market structure is saying right now. Cause now we've had two tough weeks in a row here and people right. are starting to, starting to question their, their, their everything. Well, I'll give you, I'll give you good news and bad news. Great. So the, the, the bad news is we are, we are, we, we are at the worst sentiment of 2021. Oh. Interestingly. So we have gone, which has never happened in the whole time that we have uh, run this little uh, algorithm that we call market structure sentiment, which has been for better than a dozen years. Have we gone a full year without dropping meaningfully below four? It's a 10 point scale. So the market tends to spend, to spend its time between four and six. Here, I'll show you. Uh, so we are at the worst reading of the past year. And so the, the bad news is it's bad. <laughs> bad news is that's no good. The good news is those always mark bottoms. It doesn't mean it happens immediately, but they are historically every single time that the market has dropped below four, it has marked a bottom. If we back up, I'm just going to back this all the way back up uh, three years. I'll zoom it in so you can see this. So here was the giant bottom of the pandemic correction. These are the all-time lows that we've ever recorded. And so uh, the good news is that was a bottom. If you had the fortitude uh, to, to recognize that it's not a little thief of occasion, but a real opportunity, uh, you could, that, and, and I did, I put money in there. I was a little bit early, but I did uh, because of that. So if you could look at each of the times that the market has dropped below four, it has marked a bottom. It has occasionally had a second bottom that follows it. And probably there's some technical explanation for that, Joel, that you would know better. But here's where we are right now. This is the worst reading all the way back to 2020. We had one of these in November of 2020. November 5th of 2020, we dropped all the way to 3.2. But notice what happened after that. The market was an absolute rocket sled. Now, I'm not saying it's going to be. Uh, I think we should talk about why tech is struggling. But we are nearer a bottom than a top. So uh, the question is how long it takes to, to recover. But, One of the but, things that the data show is that it tends to take a couple, three, four weeks. But Tim, we're looking at the S&P, mm -hmm. and I mean, we're down 4% from the all-time highs. This is not even a significant sell-off. This is not even the biggest sell-off of the year, which somebody was just saying in the chat. We've been down as much as 5.2% this year. So really the S&P exactly. is probably you know not even, not even close to even a correction here yet. So, not even close. So... Right. Is that where you're looking? Is like looking at that, you know, the S and P overall here, or do you get a completely different reading when you look at something like ARKK? Yes, clearly you would. This is the this is the composite data for the 500 ish yep, stocks yep. that make up the S and P 500. So we take the sentiment readings for all of them and create a an, a rolling average, and that's what that's what this line is. And then we compare it to SPY, just a proxy for the S&P 500. Yep. And so that's what we're looking at. And of course, that will, that will smooth out the pockets uh, like, uh, like ARKK, which is heavily concentrated in tech. 
and uh, tech has taken it on the nose. There's no question. Here's the interesting thing to me about tech. If you look at tech, let's go down here and, and look at the, the whole sector because we can look at the whole sector the same way. Sure. And, and here it is comprised currently of 445 components. Uh, the lead behavior is fast trading. That is the, that's Citadel, Virtu, Hudson River Trading, Two Sigma, Quant Lab, Infinium, GTS, on it goes. And notice this, that it's actually bottomed. The tech sector has actually bottomed very low, one of the lowest, again, lowest, perhaps lowest reading of the year. And look at the supply side. So short volume was very high. So everybody shorted tech as demand vanished and, and tech imploded. But now that's beginning to turn. Short volume is beginning to come down. Supply, excess supply is starting to recede and demand has bottomed. If those things reverse, tech is going to boom. I'm not saying that's going to happen. I can't tell you where the money will go. We can watch where it goes. That's the good news. Rather than trying to guess, we're just going to watch that. And you mentioned Procter & Gamble, Dennis. There, there's no question that when... Uh, the market does things like this. It's going to move into low volatility stocks. Same thing we tell people. Uh, we, we, we highlighted HPQ. Hewlett Packard has been awesome. We've yeah, highlighted this. Or yeah, not exactly. all highs, but 52 week highs. Yeah. And here's a, it's a tech stock, but look at the divergence between demand and supply. When demand and supply diverge, I don't care what the market is doing, there is opportunity. And that happened there. If you look at Clorox, uh, what did Clorox do? Well, it's not quite as good, but demand was very stable at five. Supply is a little over trend, but tipping down. Here's where you really saw the uh, value move, right here at Thanksgiving. It was right around Thanksgiving when money said, okay, we want to be cautious because we don't know what's going to happen. And we looked at Apple. Apple was a hedge. We could see that in Apple. Procter & Gamble right here, Dennis, that you were talking about. Uh, so look at this. It's, it's never not a five. It's just a perfect five. So if you're going to, if you, if you're concerned about volatility, park your money in Procter and Gamble. It's the place to be. Uh, supply is a little That's high, but, yep, but, but, uh, it's, it's crazy how well that works. It's a great lesson for traders. Traders, when the market turns volatile, put your money in the fives. When the volatility diminishes, go back to growth. I'm with you, Dennis. I don't think that this marks a, sh a sudden shift to value. We in the data can find no evidence except a little bit on Friday of any kind of selling by big money. It's, the, it's been all fast trading. There was a little reactionary active stop loss selling on Friday. It's the first that we've seen. Now, if that compounds, then we'll have more trouble. But there has been no passive selling to speak of. And it we, tends to be that passive money returns in new months, not it doesn't sell in new months. We've got the tale of two markets here. And, you know, and obviously, like I've talked about my long term portfolio, which is value oriented. I've always kind of been yeah. a value guy since I got my butt kicked back after the 2000. I kind of learned the hard way is that I never buy a stock with a PE over 30. It's just not in my long term account. And, yeah. you know, I'm looking yeah. at my value driven portfolio and it's sitting up near all-time highs and you could uh, and there's a lot of other people who are probably value investors saying you know you could probably look at berkshire hathaway burke.b and say wow it's a little bit off right. the highs but he's nowhere saying whoa there's you know where there's carnage in the streets everywhere he's like what carnage you know there's a lot of portfolios that are doing very very well still and then you've right. got these growth oriented portfolios it's a completely different animal that they've been right. imploding for the last month to the tune of 30 percent so does this trade just reverse itself again? That's what I want, I want to get to the question. Does this event, do we eventually just go back to the trade that has been working for the last decade in the high growth names? Because the high growth names are all on sale. They sure are. So my answer to that, and it's, and it's not a strategy answer. It is a purely common sense answer that if roughly, I'll, I'm going to say roughly 50% of market cap, if you look at tech, communication services, consumer discretionary. Uh, there is tech in all of that. Uh, that if you look at tech in the market, it's almost 50% of market cap. So unless we're going to see passive strategies dissolve, then the answer is yes, we're going to go back to it. I mean, I think at some point our very uh, 
profligate use of currency is going to catch up to us and our market will become the Japanese market, incapable of rising. But I don't think we're anywhere near that. So absent that, and absent a sudden destruction of passive strategies, which I don't see, and I don't think it's going to happen so long as we have Reagan MS, then yes, we're going to see a reversion to growth merely because that's where the money Tim, is. Tim, could you go back to that that uh, first chart that you had showing the S&P composite versus the SPY? Could you go back to, to that? Because it, it I, I was looking at the top for the composite stocks versus the SPY, all right? <laughs> I mean, this is much different here. You had everything on sale. Could you say the only reason that it's holding up here is because of five or six stocks? And if we lose leadership in those stocks, you could easily get something like this or like this. I mean, because this is like you look at it here and it was probably a much better representation of the entire market. Here you're looking at this thing coming down for, you know, the indicator coming down, but. I mean, is it is it just is it like I said, is it just those five, six stocks that are almost 25 percent of the index holding us up? Could be right. It's it's one or the other. Is it that the market is down uh, the amount that it is and sentiment has declined to the degree that it has because there has been trouble in big tech? It might be that instead, in which case most of the market is fine. Uh, now, clearly, the small caps have suffered, but. Uh, remember, they're only five, six, seven percent of the market at all. Mm -hmm. It's such a small part of the market that you can't look at the Russell 2000 and draw any form of broad conclusion. Uh, the S&P 500 uh, is a very nice representation at 85 percent of market cap and a good blend to me. So I, I don't know. I think maybe the answer is let's go look at the fangs because that there's there's the bulk of market cap. What are the fangs telling us uh, is going on? <clears throat> Well, you can see the fangs absolutely collapsed. So this collapse in demand, and once again, it's the same behavior, fast trading. I have 11 stocks in here, just things that I put in this portfolio. But look at the supply side too. The supply side was very high back here, and now it's come way down. If we look at the, the uh, components here, it, does this explain to us what is going on? Well, I think in large part it does because more, uh, roughly half this group is below five. So Netflix, Shopify, I put Shopify in there, Facebook, both both Goog stocks, Amazon, <clears throat> all below five. AMD, Microsoft at five. We don't have anybody doing really well. All of these trends are either bottomed or down. But if they're bottomed, I mean, look at this. If we have a surge back into tech, Netflix is going to scream because look at the demand and supply. The supply side has collapsed. The demand side has too. If this moves, so is Netflix. If Shopify, I mean, Shopify, does they, I look at this and say, wow, Shopify could go up three, $400 if there's a, a change in demand. Uh, AMD, I think AMD is a, is a fabulous, look at that. I mean, demand has come down to five and supply has absolutely collapsed. I look at those and say, if there's any form of institutional money coming back into tech this week, those stocks are going to move and we're going to be off to the races into Christmas. I'm not saying that's going to happen. I'm saying there is a possibility of that. All right, Tim Quast is the founder of Market Structure Edge, joins us every Monday from Market Structure Mondays. Learn more from the link in the description and chat. Tim, a pleasure as always. Have a good one. Have a good week, guys. Good All to right. see you. We before got... before we, we moved on to some more stocks, I just yeah. there was a comment in the chat about, you know, the market has to go down because there's such a large open interest and people are buying uh, puts in the S&P 500. Folks, sometimes those are just long hedges. You have absolutely yeah, – mostly you, long hedges. Yeah, they're, they're mostly long hedges. Remember when uh, 50 Cent was coming in in the, uh, in the VIX? And every time it got down there, if you're buying a trillion dollars worth of stocks and you spend, uh, you know, a couple hundred million on VIX on VIX calls or puts, I mean, trying to read into that is so is so difficult. There's so many different strategies. Yeah. You know, they could be covering a position. Who who knows? So you know, yeah. rely on you know your own indicators and whatever you know technical or fundamental analysis you use, but. You know, seeing the extremes in these puts and calls, you never know what, what the, the people are doing on the other end, especially those big positions. Yep. 
All right, we got to talk a little bit about Lucid here. Uh, Lucid, um, yeah, I'll, I'll bring up the SEC filing in Benzinger Pro. 8K filing out this morning. Uh, Lucid, look, they have to do this. This is what the 8K said. On Friday, was it Friday? Yeah, it was Friday. They received a subpoena from the SEC requesting the production of certain documents related to an investigation by the SEC. Although there is no assurance as to the scope or outcome of this matter, the investigation appears to concern the business combination between the company, um, between them and the SPAC, and certain projections and statements. Uh, The company is fully cooperating, uh, cooperating fully with the SEC in the interview. Now, Lucid's hands are tied. If they get a subpoena, they have to tell investors. Even if they don't think this is a big deal. What they cannot say is, we got a subpoena, but don't worry, it ain't no thing. We think it, we think this is uh, small potatoes, okay? Now, <laughs> the market <laughs> does not care uh, what Lucid thinks. This is, the timing of this really couldn't be worse. No, oh, it couldn't be worse. Because I forget, if, I forget where we said this, if it was on this show or a different show or maybe even off air, but we were noting last week that if you, if you actually looked at Lucid, it was holding up pretty up well, really well relative to all the yeah. other ones. Um, that that the same cannot be said. This morning, obviously, it's down uh, uh, below forty now. Um, so, even my, my point is, even if this is a nothing burger, a Lucid can't say that, and b it doesn't matter because this is the last thing that this is a stock like this needed was yeah. an SEC investigation. Yeah, it was unbelievable relative strength. Everything growthy that's trading with ridiculous valuations has been hammered. Here's Lucid that's just saying, not us. And it has just been unbelievable, um, the, the relative strength. So now it gets hammered. So, I mean, is there, you know, if you have any growth stock that has a chart like this that hasn't been hammered yet, I think you get the hell out before it gets <laughs> hammered because they're coming left. for you. There's not many of them left. No, there isn't. But that was a good one. Rivian, what about Rivian? I mean, does this eventually breach 100? Is Rivian Shit. like... Oh, boy. Oh, boy. It's, is it setting up? That's if it eventually can take out that IPO low 95. And, you know, this was a darling as much as two weeks ago. So it's come wow. off. Like people say, wow, it was 170. It's really come off. So maybe it's not the greatest example because it has come off a long ways from the highs. But holy macro, that Lucid chart, though, just looking at that, had this silly, silly run up. Look and at 100. Wow. 100 yeah. right on the kiss. What a gift. What a gift that that was holding up so well to anybody who wanted to get out. It's still obviously. holding up well. I mean, not a was... gift today. Like, I would yeah. not be the buyer of this. Um, I think you sell rallies. Yeah. We see when the undercut of the IPO low, that's 95.20. It hit 100 bucks yesterday. Uh, you see what happens with right. that if that takes that out. Wow. Wow, they gave it back, and then it, the bounce was just very muted. Now, you're still uh, – look at resistance <laughs> at the close yesterday. What was your closing price? 104.67. And if it takes out 100, boom, the only thing you have there is that uh, all-time low, 90 – what was it? 95.20. Yikes. Um, and, and Frank Ash just, just called out a firm to me because it's back almost at 100. Um, and, like, even if it's a company that you like uh, – I, this know, is on I, my shopping. I, I wanted to buy this. You guys know yeah. I did buy it, and I sold it uh, at a loss. I can't be buying this now. You just can't. It's a different chart. It's, it's such a different, different chart. You just can't. You can. And you know what? I, I'll argue with you. And here I'm going the exact opposite. Come on. We've been arguing the entire show. Maybe I just like to argue. Um, I think <laughs> yes. some of these names are going to be the first ones back. So if you do are so inclined that eventually you think this growth thing's turning around, the, the Affirm is, you know, it's went from 160 to 100. U is another one that's come from 210 down to 140 here now. These are now oversold. Um, you know, some of them, like Lucid, hadn't participated in the growth stuff. That's the stuff I'd be selling, the stuff that hasn't sold yet. I, I don't want to be a hero, though, and just say, and you're right, Spencer, I don't want to be the hero saying, okay, 104 is the bottom. Yeah. I, I, but if you can get, like, a nice day and get some stabilization, this is the kind of stock that is on my shopping list. So and not long-term, but this is the kind of stock that All could right. make new highs again. I mean, this All is right. still a sexy name. Story hasn't really even cooled off for a firm. It's just cooled off for everything growth. So I would say a stock like a firm, I, I would be looking for an opportunity to potentially get in if I if I was so inclined to buy growth stocks right now. Wow. 
This would if I was buying growth, this is the one I would buy. But you're not, so you won't. That's the takeaway here. I'm not buying anything. I'm buying <laughs> somebody said, What are you buying? I said, I'm buying cash. I've been buying cash. Yep. On rallies, I continue to raise cash. I sold my Las Vegas hands. I hedged my MasterCard. I brought my cash holdings up from like the twenty percent they were worth, probably getting close to thirty percent in the long term account. And then I'm just trading. I'm buying dips, selling reps, selling short reps, and buying dips. I'm just continuously doing that and the trading account. So two hats, trading, long term, just slowly selling into rallies. I'm going to hop here in a second. I have not bought one stock in the long term account in the last month. Not, I don't even think one stock. I haven't bought a stock in like four months, Dennis. What's up, Joel? Is that really uh, well, first thing, uh, no, I'm just going to wrap it. I go over and cover, missed a bunch of symbols here today. I just want to, I'll be talking about loose, uh, not only lucid, but uh, Tesla has an interesting setup. Uh, just for the S&Ps, I mean, we're, we're holding up. We're up 19 and a quarter handles. We're holding mid-range on the session. I think, you know, let's get through that first 15 minutes, that first half hour. If this, if this market could hold on here, you know, take out the pre-market high. I don't think we're going to see yesterday's high of 4,600. But, you know, just have your radar up off that open and see if we can if we can hold in, not have that, that quick 15, 20-foot drop. If, if, if we can, then, you know, let's take out that pre-market high and, and work our way up. And, uh, Spencer, I'm going to hop off. Right. Make sure uh, you mentioned that event. It's coming up on Saturday. I so. know. We got, we got two events coming up this week. I'll tell you guys all about it. Have a good one, Joel. Have a good one, Dennis. Uh, we're going to go to live training here in a couple of minutes here. But before we end this show, I wanted to plug, and I put this in the chat. It's pinned to the top of the chat. The final pre-market prep special of this year is this Saturday. Uh, 9 to 11.30, 9 to, I don't remember when. 9 to noon, I think. I don't remember how long it goes. Okay, so check it out. The link is in the, descri- in the description and in the chat. Um, Dennis will be there. Joel will be there. I'll be there. I think Mitch will be there. We'll all be there. It's, it's going to be a fun time. Uh, that's the first thing I want to say. Second thing I want to say is before that happens, this week, specifically Wednesday and Thursday, is the final virtual conference for Benzinga of 2021 our last small cap conference of the year it's going to start wednesday after this show and go all day and then go thursday after the show and go all day um so we have uh for the last time this year we've got like 40 companies somewhere around there uh to together uh to give presentations to you you can ask questions uh of these ceos and CFOs about them, uh, about their companies uh, going forward here. So that'll be Wednesday and Thursday uh, right here on this channel. You can go to Benzinga Small Cap to learn more. And I'm going to end the show today with a trailer of who will be there this week. Did you know nearly all stock price changes of 10% or more result from a single news headline? That's right. News headlines have a unique ability to drive stock prices up or down. These news catalysts create trading opportunities every day. All you need is a little help to reach out and take them. And if you're looking to grow your portfolio, it doesn't matter if your investment budget is small or big. An easy-to-read stream of news headlines will increase your opportunities to profit from price changes in the stock market consolidate a knowledge-based investment strategy, and grow your portfolio. All you need is Benzinga Pro and its powerful news alerts, price tracking, and portfolio monitoring to make a positive change in your trading performance. We've already helped thousands of retail traders across the world, and they could not be happier. Increase your market knowledge, boost your exposure to big movers, and make informed trades before major price changes. The opportunities are all around you. Subscribe now, and we'll skyrocket your portfolio today. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. 
Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.